Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stress, Depressed, and Anxious with your host, Dee, aka Local Neighborhood Baby. Today, I have a brand new guest on the podcast. Uh, They are a wonderful pair who talk about all sorts of folk tales uh, that anyone can enjoy. They are really, really funny and amazing. And if you don't know who I'm talking about already, it's Folk Told Folk Tales podcast. Uh, They are an amazing group of girls. I'm so excited to have them on. And I actually just recorded an episode for their podcast. So if you haven't checked it out, please go to Folk Told Folk Tales podcast on Anchor or any other platform to listen to the episode that we just recorded or find them on Twitter at Folk Told or myself at SD underscore anxious on Twitter. So without further ado, let's get started. Place to be. Um, <laughs> I am so happy to have you guys on. We're so happy to be here. We're excited. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited to, to get into the fairy tale of the sad sadness. Um, yes. A German therapist wrote this. So um, that's kind of interesting because I, on the episode we just recorded for your podcast, um, we kind of got into some some talk about Germany and, and how they've lost their history, but at least they haven't lost this little tale of sadness. <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, so it was written, I really can't pronounce the name correctly, try as I might, but it's, I'm going to try, it's N-G- Woos, I-N-G-E. If you have any German listeners, which I know that I do, um, don't come for me. <laughs> but tell me how to pronounce that. I-N-G-E. Um, that's, that's horrible. I'm so sorry. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, it, it's a story that encourages us to reflect on how we deal with emotions like sadness. Um, how do you guys deal with your sadness? Let's just jump right in. Uh, chocolate. Chocolate, okay. So you subscribe to the whole Harry Potter chocolate endorphin thing. Yes, exactly. I support that. And maybe I am a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was also Given a wolf. Yeah, whatever. He didn't eat the chocolate. Anyway, anyway. You don't know that. Um, valid. Marina valid. Yeah, that's totally valid. Chocolate to you all, okay? Okay. Specifically, dark chocolate, not milk chocolate. Oh, that's maybe maybe that's where I go astray. Maybe that's where everything that's goes wrong. I always do milk chocolate, and no. now I see. <laughs> no. Now yeah. I get it. It's got to be either super sweet like white chocolate or super bitter like dark chocolate for me too. But um, I don't, I feel like my, my sadness coping mechanism is reading. I read an inappropriate amount. Like I currently have 50 books checked out of the library. You have 50 Um, books checked out at one time? What library is this? I'd love to go. 
Right. So actually, my aunt is a librarian, and you can check out up to 100 books per um, library card holder. You just can't put on hold more than 20 books. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Right. Um, sure. I, I don't know. I highly recommend. I just read Cinderella <laughs> is Dead. It was so good. Oh, no. Rip. Yeah. Rip. That's Cinderella. Rip in peace. R.I.P. You know, COVID has taken everybody. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about that, but, you know. Um, laugh through the pain. That's a coping mechanism for stuff. Yes, yes. That's that's how I deal with mine. I deal with mine through lots of sarcasm and reading, too. Music, too, but usually sad music that makes me sadder for some reason. Um, and lots of sleep. Lots of sleep. Sleep is great. Sleep is the best. It is. All right. Well, um, we can get more into the story. Um, the story pretty much centers on hope versus, uh, you know, grief. Have you guys ever? come across like or have you guys ever pretty much truly grieved in your lives yeah maybe not really that's a heavy question I I think I have but it was kind of um I guess empty for me um grief is really hard when you can't um express it in the way that you want to because of outside factors how did you want to express your grief? So, um, I've actually been to a funeral. This is getting real deep. Um, I've never been to a funeral, but when my grandfather passed away, um, I think it was like seven years ago now, but uh, he lived in a different country. And so we couldn't go to his funeral or his wake or anything. So it kind of felt empty, um, not being able to express it with other people who loved him, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Right. Yeah, that's um, sucks. Yeah, um, but I guess that's my only real grief moment. What about you, local neighborhood baby? I, um, I've experienced some grief in my life. I think, uh, same thing for me. My grandparents lived in a different country, so I didn't get to go to, go to their funerals. So I kind of felt a little more disconnected um, in the sadness with that. It, it came, comes with waves, but it also, I feel like in a, I kind of feel lucky now because I'm like, I feel like my last, memories of them were of them alive so I kind of feel like I don't know like it doesn't feel truly like the end but I have grieved I lost my father um four years ago I also lost a friend last Christmas um so yeah and I and I haven't actually um been to a lot of funerals um, of people that I know, which is kind of weird because growing up, um, I think my mom and dad were pretty adamant about us not going to funerals. Like I had a, a nanny that was with us, like a living nanny that was with us until I was about 12 or 13. And then she passed away. We didn't get to go to her funeral mainly because my parents kind of wanted to keep us away from that and protect us from going to the funeral. So that was also sad, but like, um, 
I so there was a lot of times like that and actually the people's funerals that I did go to I didn't really know them that well but I w- would always cry because I found this the the cemetery portion of a funeral is just super sad no matter if you know the person or not it's so final um and really hard to watch um but yeah I've had grief and one of the things that I learned about grief is that like it's not just one of these things that like goes away it's not like sadness um it's not even really like depression in a way because I feel like depression is kind of in and out whereas like grief I think it just stays with you like it stays with you forever yeah I feel like that actually leads me to a question I wanted to ask you since you said your parents were adamant about you not going to funerals um do you feel like funerals provide some kind of closure or do you think that's just a myth um surrounding that I think it helps make it more real for people. I think like with the situation, like I said, with my grandparents or, you know, most recently my grandmother, it's hard to even believe that she's truly gone. I know that I don't get to talk to her. I know that she doesn't come and visit um, and I don't see her, but I still kind of somewhere in my mind, it's like, she's not even really gone. It's like, she's still here, you know? And it's hard to kind of, come to terms with the fact that she's not um and I don't even want to come to terms with it that's like the hardest part of anybody passing away especially if they're even more part of your daily life or whatever it may be is is to really let that reality sink in I think that's what the funeral does it helps you realize this person's truly gone and I think once you realize the person's truly gone it can help you kind of move on to try to live life without them as opposed to staying stuck in the moment, you know, of just wishing that they would come back or um, not believing that they're gone. Um, yeah, so I think, yes, it does in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I definitely feel that with my grandfather, you know, like, um, I can just imagine that he's still in Brazil. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't ever need to be real because, I mean, it can't. He's He's been buried for a long time, but even when I go visit Brazil, I don't go to I've never been to anyone's gravesite. Have any of you guys been to anyone's gravesite? No. Mm-mm. No. No, I don't I don't think I could handle that honestly. Like mentally, I don't think I could handle it. Strangely enough, I think I could handle it mainly because I think it's just I find um cemeteries creepy. I feel like they're creepy during the day. <laughs> um it's just as much as they are during the night uh so I just think the whole thing is like super creepy I just like feel like oh there's all these dead people here it's just like I don't know gives me the creeps yeah oh I don't I don't like it I don't like it I have actually um when I lived in Japan I went to um, you lived in Japan that's amazing Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, you, you use every opportunity to bring I do. that I mean, you should. If you're going to live there, you have to brag about it. I I actually, uh, when I lived there, I went to a cemetery that I was staying with um, for one of their family members. And it was gorgeous. Like, I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's so ornate. And everyone there is actually cremated. So, um, they have the... Everyone there is cremated? Yeah, it's it's not even, like, religious. It's just how they do it. Like, um, they they just believe that 
it's in poor taste to cremate them, but um, actually everyone there is cremated with the male's family. So uh, the person I was staying with, she, she actually got sad because she was talking about how her daughter will be one day buried with her husband and not with, you know, her as her mother. And I was like, that's, that's really depressing that you don't get to choose who you're buried with, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get a choice even in death. What the heck? And uh, I know I was like, dang, that's harsh, man. Like, <laughs> At least by that point you won't care, but yeah, it's still it's still pretty harsh. But I think yeah, when you when you say that it's it was pretty, um, I can kind of see that. I feel like I feel like in Japan, uh, a cemetery would be well kept and like kind of beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's um, I think family is such a big thing in Japan that you really see that reflected in even like their burials like they have these really ornate kind of headstones um that look like obelisks like they're long and narrow and um there's just flowers everywhere they change the flowers out every single day which is really cool that's lovely yeah some people here don't don't even have like a a headstone Mm -hmm. um based on how much their families want to spend. So that's pretty nice to hear that, like, the flowers get changed out every day and it's kept so beautiful, things like that. Yeah. Um, I would never want to be cremated. What about you guys? <laughs> I know it's like we're going down a very strange path, but, like, um, I mean, why not? Let's get into it. I would never yeah. want to be cremated. Why not? Do you have a specific reason? Um, I don't know. I, I no, I don't feel like I have a specific reason. I just think that like, okay, this is gonna, <laughs> this is probably gonna sound like messed up, but I just think that like, there's the, I guess I like the whole ceremony of burying someone. I don't. I feel like it's it's sadder. It's more final. It's just like this whole thing. You're you know to bury someone, and I feel like you know, getting cremated, okay, like, there's no real ceremony to it. I mean, I guess you get, like, the ashes and things like that, and sometimes people spread the ashes, but I don't know, I just feel like it just seems harsher to get burned than this, like, you know, be buried. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. Brianna, do you want to get this one first? (laughs) I have no idea because uh, I will be dead. So really, I don't care what you do with my body. I'll <laughs> be donated to science or something crazy like that. Because I'm in the medical field, so I know we appreciate that. Oh, cool. You know, we can learn. Right. That's so for cool. me, I mean, I'd probably do that. And then afterwards, I don't know, like do something cool. Like blow me up or something. I don't know. That's awful. That's <laughs> it got so awful at first. It was like, wow, okay, a charitable queen. But then it's like, no. Um, blow me yeah. up. Something <laughs> cool. Like maybe me into fireworks or something. Oh my God, that's- that'd be awful. That's awful all those kids on the fourth of july well, mom no colors oh my gosh it's fun. <laughs> that's actually amazing <laughs> stop that's disgusting i think i think it would be buried 
buried holding my childhood pet. Like, that's so sad, but, like, I want him in there with me. You can kill him just to put him in No, there. he's already going to be dead. Where do you think I'm going to die, Sabrina? <laughs> <laughs> He's still alive. You're like, nope, I'm gone. You gotta go. <laughs> That's horrible. I just, I just think that would be nice. Mm. So you want me to place your uh, decaying pet's body in there with you? I'll be dead. I don't care. I will care. That's gross. <laughs> She's like, I will definitely care. Um. <laughs> Rose after the fireworks thing. Whatever. <laughs> oh man uh yeah either that or burial at sea i think would also be really cool like you know toss you in the ocean that'd be nice yeah i'd be cool with that i love the ocean same still a little morbid but i guess it's all morbid it's death but (laughs) Yeah. yeah um well back to our tale that we have here Um, well, back to our tale that we have here. Um, it pretty much also uh, talks about the fact, one of the things that I really love about this story is that it talks about how, uh, you know, avoiding sadness really didn't help or doesn't help. Um, sadness is there to help you to get through something. Um, and it's if you if you give into it and you don't ignore it, you can kind of, you can cry, you can um, go through all the emotions that you actually have and then come out of the other side stronger and more resilient um, and and hopefully hopeful. Um, but by not giving into it and kind of just uh, trying to ignore it, obviously things just kind of get worse and it makes you weaker and not stronger. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I yeah, I think a lot of people do sometimes have trouble giving into those emotions like crying and things like that. I sometimes have a lot of trouble just crying because I feel like I sound so stupid whenever I cry. So I just kind of like beat myself up about it because I'm just like, you sound like a fucking idiot. Um <laughs> and so uh it's just it's really difficult for me to cry. Some people it's not, but me for sure. Um but I think that it's it's definitely a release, it's definitely helpful. What do you guys think? about sadness and just like crying and giving into those types of emotions does it make you feel weak does it make you feel strong well i can say i do not cry often enough i don't think I'll be able to answer that you don't know so uh i mean i get a little bit more angry than anything but also i don't like physically do anything to like get out that anger so i just kind of like sit there and I'm like angry, and it goes away eventually. But like, I don't physically do anything, you know, to try and release that anger or sadness or whatever. So like, I don't cry, I don't yell, I don't scream, I don't hit things or throw things. I just kind of feel. I don't know if that's helpful. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I do cry. I'm definitely the crier this friendship like Sabrina can attest she's seen me cry like more than a baby would I just I just do it's how I cope um sometimes if I'm feeling extremely sad and I don't feel like I can get it out I'll even watch like a sad movie to try and like 
cooks it out. That's what I do. What's your go-to sad movie to cry? Titanic. I love Titanic. Same. I just fast forward to the part of everyone dying, especially the violinists when they go, you know, um, it's been a pleasure playing with you tonight. It's the saddest thing. And they realize that there's really nowhere to go. So they just keep playing with each other. It's so sad. But I love it. Preach. Sabrina, you're outnumbered right now, and I'm so happy. (laughs) You know, chick flicks, whatever. They're there for a reason. It's for tears. I mean, just Titanic is just a masterpiece. Like, um, I remember I watched it for the first time as a 12 year old and seeing that mom holding her baby dead in the water. (gasps) Yeah. Capitan, where should I go? Yeah, it's super sad. Um, I watched it for the first time when I was, like, seven, um, which is a really inappropriate really? age to watch it, yeah. But I watched it for the first time at seven, and I loved it. It's been my, one of my favorite movies ever since. I kind of hate that it's, like, you know, I don't know, so, like, stereotypical, like, for a girl to say, like, her favorite movie is Titanic, it's so cheesy, whatever, whatever people think. But, like you said, I think it's a cinematic masterpiece. I think it has all... Everything you're looking for, action, moments, you know, it's sad, it's funny at times. It's just, like, so visually ap- appealing. Um, yeah, I loved it. Yes, I'm so happy right now. I just, most people are really upset when I say that it's my favorite movie because they think it's, like you said, like, it's really stereotypical for a girl to like it. But Gosh, what a girl. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I mean, um, another thing that always gets me is when they start praying at the end, because whether or not you're religious, like the idea that you're trying to get into the afterlife because you feel like you're about to like get there, um, basically you're at death's door. I feel like that one just gets me too. Yeah, yeah. What you do in the end is really telling. I feel like it was so um, accurate to see people kind of shoving each other, see people killing each other in the end, even see people helping each other or praying or whatever they choose to do. I feel like that's super accurate of how humans act like, you know, what they act like when there's no real hope of survival. Um, yeah, it's it was super interesting. Yeah, what would you do at the end? At the end, what would you do? I well, I I can only imagine, but like I would like to to be helpful. Like I would like to try and help people. I don't think my instinct would be survival. Like I don't think I would push anyone down to try and live. I wish I I could say the same. (laughs) I would love to be that person that would be like super helpful and all those things, but. Uh, push comes to shove I've been in a couple situations couple hairy situations in my life and I mm-hmm. feel like I wouldn't want to but my instincts would take over and I'd probably definitely push someone mm-hmm. <laughs> I would do I admire that you guys are just open about it I mean be open about it I just um the only situation I've been in that was close to it I feel like I I kind of proved what I would do which is try to help people um don't I'm, I'm not going to talk about it, but... I kind of want to hear about it now. <laughs> Give me a brief synopsis. We, we were... Um... I can talk about it if it's easier. Okay. So, uh, we both live in North Carolina. And okay. we go... I won't name specifics, but we go to a school. Well, we, well we I graduated from school. We went a to college. a school that recently had a school shooting. So... <gasps> 
that was uh, that was yeah. and we were there together so we kind of oh my god that was our knock on death's door that's probably yeah. the closest holy we- hell that was um I was the one dragging her, yeah. trying to get her to, to come with me to go to a room to lock down. Right. And this knucklehead was going around every room, like, is there somebody I can help? Which I understand. Yeah, I, I checked totally the bathrooms. That. I wanted to make sure there was no one in there yeah, alone. No. And this is me. She's a lot smaller than me, so literally I just, like, grabbed her and took her. I was like, yeah, what are you doing? Let's go. So. Man, so you, so you kind of were helpful because you were helping her. I mean... You could have yeah. just been like, you know, F you, whatever, and I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly. But you were actually helpful, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, both of our parents, our sets of parents would have killed me if I left you. Right. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Self-preservation. That too. Yeah, that's that's a crazy situation to be in. Um, that's, yeah, that's really traumatic. Oh, yeah. 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 But um, I think... It's interesting to have that to kind of know how you would react, I guess. Mm-hmm. My reaction is get your ass over here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, my experience that I had. Well, one of my experiences that I had was I was I went to Boston University, and um, when I was in Boston, I was walking through the park late at night, which you're not supposed to do, um, to Downtown Crossing, and. Um, I had left in the evening. I went to go pick something up. And then I was walking back to the dorms um, through the park. And, and at night, it's kind of hairy. There's, you know, they say don't walk alone. But again, yeah, I went by myself. And basically, this guy was following me. Like, I felt someone following me. Um, I kind of, you know, glanced back. And yeah, it's this fucking guy following me um, steadily. And I start to get like that kind of panicky feeling or whatever. And I'm like, maybe he's not following me. No, he's definitely following me. I start to walk faster. He starts to walk faster. It's like a scary fucking movie. So <clears throat> eventually I get scared enough. And I just like, he gets close enough. And I just like start to running. And he starts running after me. Um, and he catches up to me. And he grabbed me. And I just, the only thing I had in my handler was my keys so I actually just keyed him across the face. And then I just ran for my life back to the dorms. <clears throat> Luckily, I made it. And um, I just, it was so weird because I ran all the way back. I went straight to my dorm room. I didn't even talk about it with anyone. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't talk about it with my roommates. I talked about it with no one and just kind of pretended that it didn't happen, which is interesting. And then uh, a week later, I saw this guy on the news with a scar across his face looked very familiar and he actually um there was a girl um from another school that had gotten raped and killed in the same park by this guy and they caught this guy um and it was the same guy and so yeah that was that was interesting but i guess my fight or flight is mostly fight um yeah that's what i learned well Damn. I mean, your survival instinct, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad you got him. Like, I don't, I, I think I would freeze in that scenario. I don't know how I would do if I was faced so intimately, so up close with something like that. Right. Yeah, I would have never thought that I would, I, I would have thought the same thing had it not happened. I had a couple of other situations happen and it was the same reaction where, you know, I just ended up fighting my way out of it and, you know. But um, I just never would think that, like, I, if those situations hadn't have happened, I would have thought that I was either 
going to freeze or going to like run away. Basically, I would never think that I was going to try to fight, which is interesting how those instincts work. You never know until it actually happens. Yeah. I mean, now, you know, now, you know, you're this hidden badass, I guess. Uh, It's a terrible thing because I think that if somebody has like a weapon, like for instance, if someone had like a gun or something like that and they tried to, you know, do something or grab me or get something from me, if my fight instinct kinks in, then I feel like that kind of increases your chances of not surviving um, versus just giving in. Like I'm basically the person that, you know, the mugger comes up to me and it's just like, give me your purse or give me your wallet or whatever. I probably won't. And then, you know, it could just all go south from there. Yeah. I mean, it definitely could. I actually have a very short story about my mom. Um, My mom is a badass. Like, she just is. But uh, on one of her first dates with my dad, uh, they'd been dating for a couple weeks. Um, He'd given her this, like, cheap, like, Mickey Mouse watch. And she loved that thing because, obviously, you know, you're young. You're in love. And um, they were at a drive-in movie, and she went inside the building where they sell popcorn and concessions to use the restroom. And she came out, and this dude is like, give me your watch, give me your wallet, I have a gun in my pocket. And he took the watch off her wrist, and she smacked him across the face, picked up her watch, (laughs) and went outside. And she met my dad in the parking lot, and he looked terrified. He was like, what are you doing? There's a guy with a gun in there. And she's like, oh, fuck. Oh my god. (laughs) Wait, that was real. That's amazing. He had no idea. (laughs) That is amazing. That kind of reminds me of the movie. Have you guys ever seen the movie Ghost? Yes. With Patrick Swayze, that kind of reminded me of that. Like why. Oh, that movie. Yeah, she's not big into chick flicks. (laughs) I guess that's obvious now. That's, I mean, I guess that's a chick flick, but I feel like it's such a classic that you can't, I mean, it's Swayze. Like, you can't really fully call his movie a chick flick. It is, but it's, I don't know. Also, I mean, I can unchained melody and just iconic. I know. That, that is definitely iconic for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, those situations definitely tell you who you are. And I think, uh, I think after the fact, um, usually after those things, kinds of things happen is when like, I'll feel any kind of emotion. Like in the moment, it's just very like, whatever's going to happen happens. Like, you know, my fighting stick kicks in or whatever. And then like way later, it takes maybe sometimes it takes like weeks and stuff like that for it to really fully sink in. And then I'll feel something like, you know, oh my God, that was insane, you know? And like, I don't know. It just, after things like that happen, I sort of feel numb. What about you guys? Yeah. Numbness. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think we're all on the stage of numbness. <laughs> just numbness. We just don't feel anything. Um. Which brings us back to the tale, I think. Uh, it, uh, one portion of it says the sadness uh, settled down a little bit more into herself and said, but I only want to help people. When I'm close to them, they can find themselves. I want to help them build a nest to tend their wounds. Sad people have especially thin skins. Some sorrows get opened up again, like badly healed wounds, which hurt a lot. 
but only someone who allows sadness and cries all their bottled up tears can truly heal the wounds. But people don't want me to help them. They want to put garish laughter over their scars or they want to arm themselves with thick armor made of bitterness. So I think that's definitely true. I feel like sometimes I'll do anything not to give in to like that kind of emotion because it makes me feel just like useless and weak and like pitiful sometimes just to sit there and cry. But I've learned over time dealing with anxiety that it's really important because um, in the past when I've kind of stuffed out those feelings and just kind of said, you know what, like, um, it's not going to help anything. Like, you know, crying's not going to solve whatever it is. So like, who cares? Um, it ended up kind of culminating into me having like anxiety attacks out of nowhere. And I'll just, you know, I used to wonder like, why is this even happening? I'm fine. But all of a sudden, you know, I'm feeling all this anxiety. And whenever I try to examine it, I'd be like, I don't know what's going on. It took such a long time for me to figure out that it was as a result of all these emotions that I've been shoving down for such a long time that now, you know, I'm having to deal with all these, you know, anxiety symptoms. So I feel like it's a big deal to to let yourself cry and to make sure that you don't, you know, bottle up your feelings. How do you guys feel about that? Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think also we, you know, the three of us have the privilege of being women in America because I think men aren't really afforded that same um, that same philosophy of, oh, like, cry, it's good for you because, you know, boys don't cry, men are tough, all that stuff. So I think we should all be able to cry whenever we need to. Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. I don't think men get their fair chance to really fully be allowed to cry it's interesting for me to say that because I do have brothers so growing up I guess I saw them cry over different things <laughs> um but I feel like a lot of women um don't don't even see you know cr- men cry I- I've only saw I only saw my dad cry once when his mother died and it was like like just like one tear um, and that was about it. That's as much mm-hmm. as I've ever, I ever saw my dad cry. So I feel like it's definitely not normalized for men to cry. And I think that's pretty rough. Yeah, I think um, trying to stifle your feelings and emotions is never healthy for anyone. Not a man, not a woman, not a non-binary person. No one, like no one should have to do that. Agreed. I think we say that though, but like we, I feel like from a young age as a kid, whether you're a girl or a boy, you're taught, like you're told so many times not to cry, you know? And sometimes it was a good reason. You don't want to be like a whiner or whatever, but like you were taught, I, I feel like personally, I heard it so much growing up, you know, stop crying, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. That that's the inner monologue that I hear whenever I want to cry. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, stop crying. You know, it's, this is stupid. Like just everything to kind of convince myself not to cry. I think that is definitely also something that affects people and makes them think that crying is not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. But um, the story does end with a small old woman encircling uh, the sunken figure in her comforting arms um, and said, just weep my sadness. Rest a little bit so that you can gain some strength again. From now on, you should not walk alone anymore. I'll accompany you so that discouragement does not gain power. Sadness stopped weeping, and she looked astonished at her new companion. 
and said, but who are you? And me, the old woman said, grinning. She then smiled easily like a little girl. I am the hope. So I feel like hope um, in sadness or in grief or in depression or any of those emotions is really super powerful. Sometimes I hate the fact that I feel hope in those moments, which is really, I guess now, um, is you know, that I'm saying is really messed up. But I feel like, you know, hope is, is really what keeps you going um, in the most desperate of times or like horrible situations. The hope that you'll survive or that you can do something or like get someplace better is really what keeps people going um, a lot more. And sometimes like <laughs> it makes you... I feel like there were definitely times in my life where it made me um, like more willing to suffer through a lot of heartache to get to the other side, just because I was hopeful, even though there was no clear light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so some, that's why sometimes I was just kind of like, Ugh, why, why do I even have this hope? But in the end, um, it definitely works out. How do you guys feel about hope and how it's affected your lives up to this point? Um, I, for me, I guess, um, hope is just, yeah, I guess like you said, it's kind of annoying sometimes because you want to be able to let go without anything holding you back. But then there's that little nagging thought that's like, but you know, what if tomorrow is better? Um, but what if you do survive that kind of thing? Um, so I think hope to me is, it's about the future. Like you said, like it's, it's believing that there are better things on the horizon, but it's also believing that, you know, this, this moment, uh, isn't the end, I guess it's, it's not, um, it's not just about the future, but it's about right now in which you are still existing, which I guess goes all the way back to existentialism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's back. We're yeah. walking in a corner. Yeah. It's back. I mean, I guess it's really a powerful thing to be hopeful even right now. This has been a shitty year. Um, It's been a really crazy, crazy year so far. It's not even over yet. Um, We still have some months to go, unfortunately. (laughs) But yeah, I think anybody who still has hope right now, that's an extremely powerful thing. It's been been pretty rough. Um, Some people have been cooped up in their houses this whole time. you know, and it, yeah, I think it's, I think it's been a rough year for mental health for sure. People have died. I think one of the saddest things about um, this whole pandemic situation is that like, I, I personally know people uh, like one of my friends, his dad died. And the last time he saw him, I mean, his dad got sick. He went into the hospital and he wasn't allowed to visit his dad at all. And that was the last time he saw him was right before the hospital. And you didn't get to say goodbye. They didn't get to have a funeral because that was kind of in the earlier stages of COVID. So there was no funeral. Um, there was nothing and there's no closure. And I think that's, that's super, super hard. I think people haven't even gotten a chance to let those kind of things sink in. And they probably won't until, you know, things kind of um, get a little bit better. But I think it's going to be rough next year, too. Um, so hope, hope is a big thing right now, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it actually reminds me of another myth of, uh, you know, Pandora's box. Have you ever heard that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, 
you know, everybody remembers she opens the box, she's not supposed to, all the evil, bad things on Earth fly out, but the last thing in the box that she never let go of was hope. Um, because it's little, but it's still there, and that's what counts. Yeah. So, even the tiniest bit of hope can, like, obviously carry people over through, like, really, really terrible situations, and um, I fully believe that. So, that's that's the moral of the story, any final comments, final thoughts? No, not really. I guess uh, we need to just calm down and try and look on the bright side of things a little bit more, I think. Yeah. At least for me, because I'm a very pessimistic person. And I, will... <laughs> I, yeah, I deal with things by, honestly, this year, I think I've dealt with things more so by, like, looking at memes, you know, even even sad feelings, I feel like memes just kind of cover the whole thing because they make you laugh about, like, the most depressing or sad things ever. Um, TikTok has been really funny. YouTube has been really fun to watch. Um, and also all those different coping mechanisms that you guys had mentioned. Like, I think, you know, uh, watching a good movie, reading a, a good book, kind of getting lost in other things, I feel, overall, um, has been a lot of help like throughout this whole year it's just like escaping into another reality so thank goodness for that yeah for sure for sure all right well it was great having you guys um and if you ever want to come back you're more than welcome this has been so much fun so thanks for joining thanks for having us have a good night so think thanks you too thanks bye bye